All right. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Mark. I'm a recovered alcoholic. Uh, we'll start off here again with the uh, with the set aside prayer. Dear God, please help me set aside everything I think I know about myself, my disease, the Big Book, the Twelve Steps, the program, the fellowship, the people in the fellowship, in all spiritual terms and especially about you, God, so I may have an open mind and new experience with all these things. Please help me see the truth. Amen. So, good afternoon, everybody. A um, little bit of a smaller group, but not bad. Not bad. What do we got here? 3, 6, 9, 12, 15, 18, 21, a few online. So, I think we started with 46. Last week was was 37. Yeah and roughly about 25 now so it's about what we usually go through if we can end up with half the amount that we started with that's uh that's actually not too bad uh today we're going to do steps six seven eight and nine um are a couple of new faces i'm going to do my typical disclaimers again and then we'll just go ahead and do a little bit of review of some of the stuff we've already went through and then just get right into uh some of these action steps here uh, first of all, disclaimers, this is not a AA meeting. This is a 12-step meeting. Um, this is a 12-step workshop. Uh, this is a workshop that can be used for all addictions. So if your problem is not alcohol, just sub in whatever your drug of choice is and, um, and carry on. Uh, this, again, is not meant as a replacement for one-on-one -on -one work with a sponsor, okay? Uh, we're taking a group through the steps as we go along here, but again, this was never intended to be uh, meant as a replacement from one-on-one -on -one work, one -on -one work with a sponsor. Um, again, due to uh, time constraints, we will be cherry-picking. Uh, we got a lot of content to go through here today. I This, again, is uncharted waters for me. I've done a number of Step 1, 2, 3 workshops. Um, doing 6, 7, 8, 9 as a group is uncharted territory. I'm not sure. I'm going to really try to keep my eye on the clock. Uh, I'm not sure how much we can get through. Um, and again, you know, we're going to we're going to learn a few things uh, that we may do again on the next one, and may drop some things on the next one as well. So, um, and again, I am not a uh, an expert or a spokesman for Alcoholics Anonymous or any 12-step fellowship. Uh, what I'm here is just sharing my experience. Again, you may have done something different along the way with the sponsor. Uh, you may have done something different in a different city. Again, what I don't want this to be is an open forum of debate. If you've got any questions or concerns or, or some things that you want to discuss, we'll discuss them at the break or after the meeting. Um, again, I'm, I'm not claiming, I don't have the big book memorized. I might get a few things wrong. Um, again, what I'm doing here is just basically sharing my experience and working with, uh, you know, it's one thing I have done a lot is a lot of sponsorship, right? So I'll be sharing that experience as we go along here. So um, we'll get right into a little bit of a, just a quick review of some of the stuff we've already done. Again, there's a, a, a few new faces anyways. Um, in the first session, said as much as anything, I really wanted to stress to everybody what it meant to suffer from the illness of alcoholism, the difference between an actual real alcoholic and a problem drinker, uh, the three-part problem that we suffer from, the, the allergy, which is when, you know, when we start, we don't know when we're going to stop. 
the mental part, which is when we stop, we don't know, uh, we can't stay stopped, right? With that sober black, uh, black, a blackout, that strange mental blank spot. And then the spiritual malady, which is how I feel in a sober condition. You know, the restlessness, the irritability, the discontented. And that happens often for people well into sobriety, right? Again, the, the suicide rate for sober alcoholics is absolutely astounding. You know, and, and you see that a lot when people get away from working a good, strong program, right? You'll often see, you know, you hear the, the term dry drunk or, you know, or often you'll see a lot of other um, addictions start to pop up along the way, right? You know, so, but we have a three-part problem and we got a three-part solution. I'm going to draw this again. And I want to stress over and over and over here the importance of the circle and the triangle and the three-part solution. And again, if you even if you've been around here for a long period of time and you're suffering from some depression or other addictions are popping up or you just find yourself arguing with everybody or wanting to control the entire planet, me, um, visit the circle in the triangle and just plot yourself on where you're at. So just a quick review of the three part solution. The one part was new truck, new relationship and a new job, <laughs> right? <laughs> so the new the people new here going, what have you guys been talking about the last sessions? So what, what's, and, 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 my sponsor calls that the AA Trinity. So you can't turn, uh, treat an internal condition with internal, uh, external stuff, right? So a lot of people, that's what they think. If I could only get the girl, right? If I could only get the new job, you know, if I could only get, if only I had that new truck, right? And then you get all things and you're just like, oh, damn it. Somebody lied to me, right? <laughs> so the three-part solution, what is it again? Recovery. Recovery. Unity. Service. Awesome. Okay, recovery is the 12 steps. Again, if you're struggling in sobriety, even if you've been around here for a very long period of time, you know, recovery is indeed the 12 steps. So review, you know, are you waking up to prayer and meditation? Right? Where are you at in your amends? Do you got unmade amends? You know, um, when's the last time you wrote inventory? You know, these are the kind of things that have to do with the 12 steps. The unity is the meetings and the fellowship. Are you spending some time around other alcoholics? Are you getting to enough meetings, right? Uh, Unity is a, a huge part. And then service again is the idea of giving back, right? Sponsorship or just get a job, right? And Alcoholics Anonymous, give something back to a program that so freely gave to you. What I have found in the past with most people that struggle in sobriety, if they were to plot themselves, it would be right here, okay? They're usually getting to a whole pile of meetings, um, but they've, you know, They've ignored the 12 steps. They're not doing prayer. They're not doing meditation. They haven't wrote inventory forever. You know, they got unmade amends. You know. And then the service side, you know, it's, it's just getting busy and start helping some other people, right? This is a program. You can't keep it unless you give it away. Um, I did listen to the audio from last week, and there's a couple things that, uh, that I wanted to emphasize a little bit more than I did in regards to steps four and five and and it's this idea of around uh 
forgiveness, right? We, we talked about it a little bit, but this idea of the people on your resentment, um, your resentment inventory, resentment is the number one offender, right? There was a multi multitude of death threats in the big book in regards to resentment. Um, but what I have found in the past with working with a lot of alcoholics and drug addicts, and, and even with myself as well, is alcoholics and, and addicts have deep, deep levels of self-hatred, right? Uh, sometimes they'll have that prior to the room. Sometimes they'll even keep it in the rooms, you know? And that's one thing that I, you know, I've been, I've been to counselors, I've been to treatment centers, I've been to doctors, I've been to therapists. And there was this one thing that was always said to me. It's like, well, you need to forgive yourself. I'm like, but how, <laughs> right? You know, that sounds good intellectually but how right and here's my experience around uh this idea of, of forgiving yourself or maybe releasing some of the self-hatred that you have is if you can take the people on your resentment inventory that have harmed you the most or that you hate the most or the ones you've had the most challenges with and if you can see them as sick which we talked about on the last meeting if you can see them as spiritually ill as opposed to evil, right? And if you can forgive them, I promise you, you will forgive yourself. It just happens. It's not something you even need to do, right? It's, it's part of the Lord's Prayer, right? Forgive us our trespasses and we forgive those who trespass against us. You know, um, I spent a lot of time again with Tony Robbins. He'd tell, give me positive affirmations in the mirror, right? I'm like, you're a good boy. You're a good boy. And I'm like, oh, no, you're not, right? You know, it's like it just, it wasn't effective. Cognitive behavior therapy was not effective for me. You know, this again, this is a spiritual approach. And over on page, uh, there was the resentment prayer on page five, uh, 67. Also an extended version of that over on page 552. If you want to use that one as well, where it talks about praying for the person that you despise for two weeks, right? Even if you don't want to, do it anyways, right? That's what it says. And what you'll come to find is not only will you start to forgive that person, again, see him as sick as opposed to evil, you'll start to release some of that self-loathing, you know? If you can forgive the people that you resent the most, it's just something in my experience that has just, it just happens. Um, also, there's two things going on. We're also, you know, we're taking people through the steps, but we're also trying to improve upon you as individuals, as, as future sponsors. Um, when you end up doing enough step fours and step fives with other individuals, you'll run across some really horrific things that have happened to people, right? That they've never, certainly have never asked for, you know, and... It's this idea of outside help. I want to touch on this because you'll get some, you'll get some old timers around these rooms, and again, most of them mean well. They really do, but they'll be very, very critical of of doctors and psychologists. And again, that's not what our big book says. Okay, and I just want to take us over to page well, one thirty three, and I want to touch on something here. And again, because me as a sponsor, when we're doing a step four and step five, it's a fact finding, um, fact facing. Uh, an act basically to find out what your blocks are but as sponsors we're not qualified to deal with certain things we're not qualified to handle childhood trauma we're not qualified to handle certain things right mm -hmm. and i really want to encourage people that have been through some of this stuff to to seek outside help and if you hear some of the stuff around the rooms again 
we, we do have some members that are highly critical of the professional community. And again, that's not from our literature. And I just, I wanna, again, reference the book rather than Mark's opinion, okay? Over on page 133, uh, second paragraph on 133. But this does not mean that we disregard human health measures. God has abundantly supplied this world with fine doctors, psychologists, and practitioners of various kinds. Do not hesitate to take your health problems to such persons. Most of them give themselves free, give freely of themselves, that their fellows may enjoy sound minds and bodies. Try to remember that though God has wrought miracles among us, we should never belittle a good doctor or psychiatrist. Their services are often indispensable in treating a newcomer and in following his case afterwards. Okay, I'm a big advocate of outside help. If you need some outside help, please go get it. If you've gone through some trauma, please get some help. But there's a key word that's said in here, right? It says we should never belittle a good doctor. All right, that means there's bad ones out there, and there are. There's some ones that are not supportive of what we're doing here. There's a doctor right in our own community here that works with a lot of alcoholics and addicts that says there, there's no such thing as abstinence-based recovery and Alcoholics Anonymous or any 12-step fellowship is a cult. Okay, that's, I, I wish I was kidding. <laughs> so, you know, that's a, that's a doctor right in our, in our own community here, right? So again... That might not be the best doctor for you to be seeing. Just <laughs> putting that out there, right? This is where the fellowship is important. You know, you want to get to around a doctor or a therapist or a psychologist that believes in what we're doing here. The two can work together very well hand in hand, right? Again, this is an abstinence-based program. Uh, this is not harm reduction. And again, get around uh, and, 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 you know, ask the questions around some of the members here. Hey, who do you go see? You know, or do you know of anybody, right? There is some... Fine, fine, fine people in the professional community out there. And again, you know, sometimes the professional community gets beat up right in our own rooms. And that's, that's not from our literature, okay? I just I want to hammer that home, both as somebody going through the steps, as well as a sponsor. We are not equipped to handle everything, okay? So, all right. Uh, step six seven, eight, and nine. So we left off over on page 76, I think it was. Actually, bottom of 75 is where we left off. So we've just done a fifth step with our sponsor or someone else, a trusted friend. And we're returning to home for an hour where we can be at uh, uh, quiet, carefully reviewing our first five proposals. So again, What's the minimum amount of time that we need to wait after doing step five before doing step six? One hour. One hour, right? So again, and I try not to wait too long. I usually within 24 hours, I'm trying to do a step six with, uh, with a protege. Okay. Cause if you just, you've, you've worked through the, the, um, the character defects, they're now listed. You've got a list, right? And you don't want that person holding on to them for too long, right? Because, again, that's kind of like cruel and unusual punishment. You know, this, again, is a spiritual program. You want to take those blocks or those character defects to God as soon as you possibly can. Okay? So that takes us over to the top of page 76. We're going to do steps 6 and 7. 
And this is where some of you might get a little cranky depending on what literature that you've used to go through the steps. But step six and seven is a total of two paragraphs and 124 words. Okay. This is a God deal. This is not an intellectual deal. Now, I know the 12 and 12 spends a lot of time on 6 and 7. Some great language in there. You know, especially if you've been around for a period of time and you're still struggling. But again, that's not how the first 100 did it. They kept it simple. There's a great book called Drop the Rock, right? Great book. Again, it's about re removing character defects, but it's a, it's a long book, right? Again, expanding on... 124 words, two paragraphs, right? Again, if you've been around here for a period of time and still struggling with some character defects, you know, maybe look at some of that other literature, but first go around as you're going through this, well, let's, just, let's stick to the book, okay? Let's keep this simple. This is a spiritual program, not an intellectual program. So it takes us to the top of page 76. If we can answer to our satisfaction when they're talking about their, our review of the first five proposals, then we look at step six. We emphasize willingness as being indispensable. Are we now ready to let God remove from us all the things we've admitted are objectionable? Can he take them all, everyone, all, everyone? If we still cling to something we will not let go, we ask God to help us be willing. So there's two main words in here willingness and objectionable okay so you've got this list of character defects and the question now is are you willing to let them go and the other question is do you actually find them objectionable and one of the things is like okay well you know for a lot of people anger shows up on their on their character defects well, do I really want to let anger go completely because it's helped me get my way over the years, right? Do I really want to let lust go, all of it? Because it's kind of fun, you know? I mean, there's certain character defects that's like, are you sure you want to let them go, right? And this is the question here. And usually by the time we get to this point, we've hit bottom, we're kind of banged up pretty good, you know? Um, the idea of wanting to maintain these character defects is it's going to inhibit your recovery, all right? And what it does say is if you're not willing, you ask God to help you be willing. So if you're trying to cling on to a couple of things, whether it be anger or control or being judgmental because it's worked for you in the past, you know, by the time you get to the point of hitting bottom and, and having that profound step one experience, we're generally pretty wrangled up and, and ready to let some of this go. Okay, so the question now is, are you, as individuals here, by a show of hands, are you ready to have God remove these defects of character that you find objectionable? Okay, that's it. That's all you need for step six. If you find that you are hanging on to some of these, ask God to help you be willing to let them go. Okay, doesn't have to be any more complicated than that. Which then takes us to the action step of step seven, right? Step seven, step six is about willingness to let the things go that we find objectionable. Step seven is an action step. When ready, we say something like this. So, is everybody ready? Okay, from our knees, as an act of humility, we're going to do the seven step prayer.
Is everybody ready? My creator, I'm now willing that you shed a all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go up from here to do your bidding. Amen. What's it say right after that? Wow, it's almost too easy. <laughs> okay. Just Let's just review that prayer. And here's what I do each and every day. I start my morning with the third step prayer. Again, bed floor, right? There's... I don't spend any other time doing other things, right from the bed to the floor. I do the third step prayer, and I do some of the prayers over on page 86. I end my day with the seventh step prayer. Okay? That's just that's what I do. Now, the book is very clear. The only thing it, it says for you to do each and every day is the stuff over on page 86. I also do the third step prayer in the morning. I'll end my day with the seventh step prayer. That's what I do. I find it works quite well. Okay says let's just review this seventh step prayer and just the language about it just so that we have a clear idea of what we just did and what may or may not happen in the future here it says me my creator i'm i my creator i am now willing that you should have all of me the good and the bad i pray that you remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows what it's saying here is i don't choose what stays and what goes I've revealed a lot of stuff through step four and step five. I got a list of character defects, but this whole thing is a God deal. I don't choose what stays and what goes. God might even leave a couple of character defects behind if it can be helpful to other alcoholics. Uh, for example, um, my sponsor is, was viewed at an early recovery as extremely abrasive. Right, some of his old talks, so like when he was like 10, 11 years sober, were just rough, right? And those would have been deemed as character defects. But those are the exact same defects that help get through to some of the rougher members out there, right? Um, you'll find that a lot, that some of these defects will be removed right away, and some of them might be left behind if God deems them as being useful, right? Sometimes a little bit of abrasiveness. Um, might help you get through to to an alcoholic that's just a little rough around the edges or you know or, or maybe you one of your character defects is a people pleaser well maybe that's something that it, that's going to get left behind it's going to help you get through to some of the softer members in the program right again we don't decide what stays and what goes right sorry right yeah so we uh Though, again, this is a completely a God deal, right? We don't we don't choose what stays and what goes. Does that all make sense? Yes. Yeah. Just don't use that if you're a manipulator in your own mind, right? No, I'm allowed to do this. This is, this is for his own good. Well, true, and this is why you should have a sponsor, and this is why you should be writing inventory. <laughs> yeah, exactly. God chose me to be a dick because I'm helping people. Sure. Yeah. 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 We're experts at you know being dishonest right yeah so but i've seen that uh, I, i've seen that quite a bit where some of these character defects are left behind 
Whereas you can, you might even be able to help somebody struggling with the same character defect. Maybe lust has been a problem all through your sobriety. Well, then you get a chance to help other people that are struggling with the same thing through their sobriety, right? Again, see these things quite a bit, right? So let's go back to the book. Page 76, third paragraph. It says, now we need more action with without which we find that faith without works is dead. It's one of my favorite lines. It's in there quite a few times in the in our literature. Let's look at steps eight and nine. We have a list of persons we have harmed and whom we're willing to make amends. We made it when we took inventory. So what it's telling me is that I already have the list. Okay, so basically it's going to be the fourth column of my resentment inventory. It's going to be everybody that I harmed in my... Uh, sex inventory and then also it's going to be all of the innocent people that we talked about right all of the fallout where I didn't have a resentment um, but yet I still harm them okay has anyone ever heard people talk about doing their four-step and having some big ceremony and burning it right do not do that <laughs> okay because you've just got rid of your eight-step list you know, so um, protect your four-step. I will tell you that. I, I've heard some horror stories of people coming across uh, somebody's four-step. It's up to you to protect your four-step. Um, but we don't go burn it after a fifth. Because then where's your list? It's gone, right? You want to burn it maybe after you make your eight-step list? Well, then, then so be it, right? But again, the eight-step list is based upon your inventory that you wrote in your number four. Okay, so we have a list of persons we have harmed and who are willing to make amends. We took it when we took inventory. Um, and then at, down at the bottom of that paragraph, it reminds us again, because what's usually happening here is you've done some work with your sponsor, right? You've got a good idea what alcoholism is. You've surrendered that, that you're not management material. You brought in a new manager, manager. You did some writing. You did a fifth step. Right? You've done six and seven. What's usually happening here? Well, you're feeling better, right? So you generally, when you start to feel better, the desire to follow through with the rest of the steps with a level of enthusiasm tends to start to diminish. That's again why I truly believe that spiritual window for us to get through is small, to not take our time. The longer that we take, the less likely you're to do it. But it reminds us at the bottom of the page here, it's like, remember, it was agreed at the beginning we would go to any lengths for victory over alcohol, right? It's reminding us here for a reason because you're probably, you know, starting to get along with a few people again. You're starting to feel a little bit better. And it's like, yeah, you know what? I don't know if I really need to make all these amends, right? I think it's, you know, it might have been a little bit unreasonable with all this. I feel pretty good. People are talking to me again, right? You know, I got back with my ex. Things are wonderful. You know, whatever it might be. You know, yeah. <laughs> so it happens a lot, right? Um, I was debating whether I should go here or not today. I think I'm gonna. Um, one thing that I do, and again, I will tell you when I'm about to veer off from the big book. I'm about to veer off from the big book. What I have. Uh, people do my experience and this is purely off of experience my experience is that you write this long list of, of people that we've harmed 
right, from your four step. And it can be a little bit overwhelming. And my experience is often that you'll get somebody new to the program, they'll start reading the 12 steps, they'll get to step nine. They're like, well, I gotta make amends to people that I've harmed. And they think of those one or two real uglies and they go, screw it, I'm out. I'm not doing any of them, right? What I have the people that I work with do, not always, but typically, I'll have them organize their amends into three different categories. This is not from the big book. If anyone remembers the Joe and Charlie tapes, some of the old timers around here might remember the Joe and Char Charlie tapes, right? This is exactly where this comes from. I'll have them organize their amends into three different categories, kind of the low hanging fruit, which is I call right away, right? Those are the ones with, you know, parents or some, some friends or some people that you, you know they're gonna go pretty good, right? Some of the low hanging fruit. And then the second group of people, you know it might be a little bit more difficult, but you know, you're pretty sure that you can still get them done. You know, they'll go in the, the maybe column. And then it's like the, the no way in hell ones, there's usually one, one or two of those. You know, I'll usually put those into a column called never. It doesn't mean I'm never going to do them, but it's just kind of where my headspace is at that moment. I'll put maybe one or two over there. What I find that if I can start getting, if I can get started on some of the low hanging fruit and gain a little bit of confidence on making amends, that the ones that I know that are going to go well, the ones over that were in the uh, maybe column, become a little bit more attainable. Right? And as I pluck away at the ones in the maybe column, the, maybe the one or two or the three or whatever, maybe there's none in the column that was the no way in hell column or the, the never column, they, they don't look quite as daunting as when I first showed up. Okay. Does, that, uh, does that make sense to everybody? Yep. Okay. So let's just jump over... We're flying through this a little quicker than I thought, so um, let's just jump right over into step nine. I've cherry-picked a few readings here. Step nine is, again, we lose people, most people at step four, and then the ones we didn't lose at step four, we lose a lot of people at step nine as well, okay? Step nine is where you've now started to involve the outside world. Everything up to this point has just been with you and your sponsor. This is where I can't stress enough, sponsorship is key. A sponsor that has a sponsor that has a sponsor is key. It's good to have some experience here when making amends, right? What you don't want to do is go run out there and cause more damage because often you can see that a lot, especially when the motives aren't exactly good. You know, the motives of trying to save your own butt at the expense of someone else. Or your motive might be trying to get somebody back into your life, right? You're really not trying to repair damage. You're trying to resurrect an old relationship. Again, sponsorship here is absolutely crucial. The rule of thumb when making amends is you do not get to save your own ass at the expense of someone else. Right? You don't get to go make an amend to save your own butt when you're going to harm somebody else. There's some very good language in our book. We'll, we'll cherry pick a few of the readings. Um, and sometimes I'm always asked the question, should I, you know, when this happens, should I make an amend or not? A lot, you know, a lot to do with infidelity or crimes or whatever it might be. 
What I can say is the devil is in the details. I'm not going to stand up in here and say, like, when this crime is committed, you should do this. Or if you cheated on your wife, you should do that. The book actually leaves a lot here for interpretation. The devil is in the details, which is to be discussed between you and your sponsor. It's not always the exact same answer. All right, but let's cherry pick a few readings and, um, and then just see where this takes us, okay? Let's go over to page 77. Um, I'm actually just going to read this whole page. The whole page is really good. Page 77, right from the top. Uh, we might prejudice them. At the moment, we are trying to it's talk about making amends. We're trying to put our lives in order, but this is not an end in itself. Our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and other people. It is seldom wise to approach an individual who still smarts from, from our injustice to him and announce that we've gone religious. In the prize ring, we'd be called leading with the chin. Why lay ourselves open to being branded fanatics or religious bores? We may kill a future opportunity to carry a, a beneficial message. But our man is sure to be impressed with our sincere desire to set right the wrong. He is going to be more interested in a demonstration of goodwill than our talk of spiritual discoveries. So what it's saying here is you don't show up to somebody trying to, going to make an amends like, I found God, <laughs> right? Um, again, that's, they were referring to that like a prize fighter leading with the chin. It's probably not going to go very well. What it's saying to you, and again, one of the, the things that I'll emphasize when writing an amend is um, what can I do to make things right? There's, uh, there's been a few people within the program it's like, that's not in our literature. Well, it is. We just read it. Okay, what it says here, but our man is sure to be impressed with a sincere desire to set right the wrong. What can I do to make it right? right? This is not about saying sorry. Right? By the time we've got to this point, we've probably said it at least a hundred times. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, right? People don't want to hear that anymore. First of all, they don't believe you. Right? We'll walk, I'll, I'll walk through some bullet points on how to do an amend um but i have heard before it's like well that's not in our literature well it is and we just read it right setting right or wrong we don't use this as an excuse for shying away from the subject of god when it will serve any good purpose we're willing to announce our convictions with tact and common sense a question of how to go how to approach the man we hated will arise it may be he has done more harm than we have done to him. And though we may have acquired a better attitude towards him, we are still not too keen about admitting our faults. Here's the key part. Nevertheless, with a person we dislike, dislike, we take the bit in our teeth. It is harder to go to an enemy than to a friend, but we find it much more beneficial to us. We go to him in helpful and forgiving spirit, confessing our former ill feeling and expressing our regret so what it's saying to me is yes that low-hanging fruit that we uh that we're going to go make amends to the ones you know that's going to go well that's great it's good to get some momentum that way but the real benefit is going to be going to somebody that we still don't like that you know we might even be enemies with and we start owning our mistakes okay <laughs> That's what it, it says. It says we may find it more uh, um, 
more beneficial to us if we go to someone that we dislike or hate. Okay, here's another key part with making amends over in the bottom of 77. Under no condition do we criticize such a person or argue. Simply we tell him we will never get over drinking until we've done our utmost to straighten out the past. We're there to sweep off our side of the street, realizing that nothing worthwhile can be accomplished until we do so. Never trying to tell him what he should do. His faults are not discussed. We stick to our, to our own. If our manner is calm, frank, and open, we will be gratified with the result. Okay. So, again, what we're doing here is we're not going there bringing the attention of what this other person did. We talked in the last session, the language that's often, often said around here is our part, our part, I'm here to own my part. That's not in our big book. It's not in our language. You want to see a, an amend go straight sideways on you? You show up and go, I'm here to own my part, <laughs> right? And you're like, oh, are you? So what are you saying? You're saying that that person's got a part too, right? It says to disregard the other person entirely, and you're there to show up to own your side of the street, disregarding the other person entirely. Okay. Um... Page 79, we're going to read a couple of paragraphs. And then I'm, we're actually going to take a live amend from the group here. We're going to actually, Dan's been kind enough to carry on with that, that resentment he had last week. And we're going to carry on uh, with actually doing a live amend here. Okay? But we'll do a couple more readings just to kind of set the tone. Over on page 79, second paragraph. Again, what we're talking about here is people that have committed criminal offenses. Right. Second paragraph. Usually, sorry, first paragraph. Although these reparations may take innumerable forms, there are some general principles which we find uh, guiding. Reminding ourselves that we've decided to go to any lengths, which reminds us again, to find a spiritual experience, we ask that we be given strength and direction to do the right thing, no matter what the personal consequences might be. We may lose our position or reputation or face jail, but we are willing. We have to be. We must not shrink at anything. Okay? Again, step eight was about the willingness to go make these amends. Are you willing to go make these amends? Now, here's what it tells us, though. Usually, however, other people are involved. Therefore, we are not to be the hasty and foolish martyr who would needlessly sacrifice others to save himself from the alcoholic pit. Right? So as a sponsor, those are some of the questions that I'll ask, right? Okay, if you go turn yourself in, are you going to be able to provide for your family? Do you got kids involved, right? I don't know. There's, there's other questions that are, again, the devil is always in the details. Right? We're not to be a foolish martyr, especially if other people are involved. I'm not saying you do turn yourself in. I'm not saying you don't turn yourself in. Depends. Depends on the crime. Depends who's affected. There's a lot of other factors going here. Again, I can't stress enough the importance of a strong lineage here. Okay? Experience is key. Right? A sponsor that has a sponsor. 
I mean, there's been many a times. Most of my contact with my with my sponsor isn't again phoning to talk about my feelings. It's usually around sharing a piece of inventory, or I'm working with a newcomer and I've run across an amend. It's like, hey, this this guy robbed a a, a chain of banks, right? I don't know what to do with this one, you know. And sometimes you get some very very tricky amends. You know, again, this is where I have a sponsor, and sometimes I go to my sponsor. He's like, holy crap, I haven't heard that one before. Let me make a call, right? You know. We discuss it, and then we go back to the individual. We give what we believe that he should do, and then ultimately we can't force anyone to do anything, right? So, um, page 80, first paragraph. Before taking drastic action, we might implicate other people. We secure their consent. Right? If we have obtained permission, we have consulted with others, ask God to help, and the drastic step is indicated we must not shrink. Okay? Again, other people are involved. Before I go make an amend, the other people that will be affected, I'm going to go have a chat with them. It's like, here, here's what I'm thinking I can go need to do. Are you okay with that? Right? You know, I might, uh, I might be gone for six months. Might not be able to provide for the family. You know, something might happen here. Might have to go to jail, do a little bit of jail time. You know, <coughs> again, we discuss it with the entire family. We just don't show up and start doing things. Right? Again, uh, I really want to stress the importance of, uh, of sponsorship here. I'm going to do one more reading, and then we're going to actually get right into making an amend. Okay? Or... The, the dynamics of making an amend. Uh, page 83, first paragraph. And this, you'll often hear the idea of um, living amends. Um, not a big believer in living amends. Um, well, I shouldn't say that. Direct amends whenever possible. Okay? But there's also a follow-up to the direct amend, which then would be a living amend. Right? Which is really no different than a change of behavior. The rest of it's just words, right? Page 83 at the top. Yes, there is a long... Talk about the family here. Yes, there's a long period of reconstruction ahead. We must take the lead. A, remorse, a remorseful mumbling that we are sorry won't fill the bill at all. We ought to sit down with the family and frankly analyze the past as we see it, being careful not to criticize them. Their defects may be glaring, but the chances are that their own actions are partly responsible. So we clean the house with the family, asking each morning in meditation that our Creator show us the way of patience, tolerance, kindliness, and love. So what it's saying is that you've got a long road ahead. It's usually a long, a lot of damage that's done within the family. They want to see a change of behavior, right? They don't want to just see some words. So a few readings. I'm just gonna get right into how we doing for time. Let's send this uh, the basket around first because we do have some expenses to pay. And while that's going around, I'm just gonna write some stuff up on the chalkboard here. Uh, where's my brush? <clears throat> um, yeah, I don't know where it is, but this works.
Yep, yeah, go ahead. If there are any announcements, go ahead. Thank you very much, Todd. Those sliders were awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Right through today? No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's coffee out there. Okay. You just want five minutes? Yeah. Okay. Let's take a let's take a quick five minute break. I'll uh, I'll continue to write here. Five minutes. Six minutes. Six minutes. I thought it's seven. Minutes. Yeah. I always say seven and it takes eight, so I'm going to say six and it's going to be seven. <laughs> On here, um, I did, I, I brushed over a little bit too quickly on step eight. Step eight itself was in the biggest question, um, step eight is about a list, right? We talked about making the list, but the big question around step eight is willingness. Now, I've heard and seen of people getting free while in prison. They, they haven't had a chance to get out there and make these amends, but they were 100% willing to go make those amends. In their minds, they were already done, right? So the question back to each individual here, we're kind of going a little bit in reverse, but based upon the inventory work that you've done and the list of people that you've harmed, is everybody again, willing to go make those amends, okay? All right, and again, what it says is if you're struggling about being willing, you ask God to help you become willing, right? Like I said, I do organize the amends, and it's not in the big book. There is actually, and I don't often make reference, I haven't actually made reference to the 12 and 12 at all, the 12 and 12 does talk about organizing your amends. I did get uh, this idea from the old Joe and Charlie tapes. I have found it quite beneficial so that people, again, the big thing here is a sponsor. So you want to keep your protege moving. You want to keep the feet in motion. Okay, and, you, and, and often you'll start seeing them gain some confidence by going out there and making some, some of these, uh, some of the amends that are just a little bit more low-hanging fruit. Now, me as a sponsor, I'm just going to get purely into experience here. I'm going to kind of go off script here now. Um, when I'm working with somebody, we've, we've done the list. We've got a list done, right? We've organized the amends. What I'll have somebody do is go and write maybe about three to four amends letters. Now it's again, we're not sending the letters, but the reason we're writing the letter is so that they can have a rough draft and then we can now sit across from each other and go through it to see uh, to basically just go through the content, make sure that they're not making it all about them, right? Uh, what I've, the biggest thing that I find with when people do amends or write amends letters is they are way too long, okay? <laughs> Brevity here, again, is hallmark, right? They'll say, well, it all started back when we were kids, and if you wouldn't have done that, I wouldn't have done that, right? And then I wouldn't end up cheating on you if you wouldn't have ignored me or whatever, right? You know, all these, it's just, it's way, way too long. An amends letter is short, 
sweet, to the point. Okay. Now, if you have a, a discussion before or after, then then so be it. Right. There's a few things in regards to writing an amend that I try to touch on before I send somebody off to to write a letter, and then. Dan, we're going to go through the, your, uh, the one from your, it was your stepmom, right? Yeah. Was the resentment from last week? So, a couple things when writing an amends letter, and you can probably scratch one out here right now if you got a bad resentment from last week that you're willing to make one, uh, an amend to. First of all, you state why you're there. <laughs> state why you're there, okay? So, what I generally say is, I'm a member of Alcoholics Anonymous, and I'm on a journey of cleaning up my past mistakes. Or I can just say, I'm on a journey of cleaning up my past mistakes. If you don't want to say you're uh, a member of Alcoholics Anonymous, I'm okay with that. Why would that be a good thing, to say you're a member of Alcoholics Anonymous? Attraction rather than promotion. Yeah? What else? What is, has anyone ever found that when you make an amend, if you say that you're a member of Alcoholics Anonymous, they go, hey, I've got a relative yeah. that maybe yeah. I can, that you can talk to. Yeah. So by putting that out there, sure, now they know you're a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. Who doesn't know somebody that's struggling with addiction or alcoholism, right? So by putting it out there, right, you know, it often opens the door for them to say, okay, we're going to go through this amendment. You mind talking to my brother? You don't mind talking to my sister or my my mom or whatever it might be, right? Again, um, you don't have to put it in there. I do. It's like I'm a, I'm a member of Alcoholics Anonymous and I'm in a journey of cleaning up my past mistakes. Done. In person whenever possible, right? That's a direct amend. Now, if there's somebody living in a different country that it doesn't, like someone's in Peru, I own them an amend. I'm not going to wait for me to see them again to make that amend. I'll probably, there's a good chance I won't see them again. This is where I'm okay with the use of technology. It is purely when it just can't happen in person. Uh, with FaceTime, you can actually see people now, right? I mean, a big thing with the direct amend is looking at their face, looking into their eyes, right? Mm. Uh, but if I can't make the amend um, directly, I can do it by phone or even, even better yet, FaceTime because now I can see them face to face. What I try to do is do it, you know, if I'm doing it using technology, I'll try, if given the chance at a later date where I actually do see them again, well, I'll follow up with it, all right? Uh, state are wrong. So, okay, I'm on a, I'm a journey, I'm a member of Alcoholics Anonymous, I'm a, um, sorry, missed one. I don't know if you're going to be able to see this. So I'm going to get right into it. And I'm going to state how I harmed them. Okay, I'm on a journey. I'm cleaning up my past mistakes. I harmed you by stealing so much money. I harmed you by causing you years of emotional distress. I harmed you by being unbelievably dishonest for a long period of time, right? I harmed you by, you know, uh, having that, whatever, right? You're going to state how you harmed them, okay? You're going to state your wrongs, not theirs. You're not going to say, well, I did this, but you did that, right? Again, our side of the street only. 
you're going to state your character defects. My actions were selfish, self-centered, and dishonest, or whatever they are. Done. Period. Right? Doesn't have to be long and elaborate and drawn out. And then you're going to say to them, have I harmed you in any other way? So other than what I just referenced, have I harmed you in any other way? Uh, my sponsor, when he, when his ex-wife finally was willing to, to listen to him, right, for an amend, it was like 14 years, he, he did this and he's like, have I harmed you in any other way? Because he stayed how he thought he harmed her. And she's like, buddy, you have no idea, do you? You know, I ended up in therapy for years because of you. You know, I near went bankrupt because of you. Well, he's like, oh, God, I had no idea, right? So a lot of this is taking the ball of control that we often had and we're handing it over to the other person. We're allowing them to talk now and we're listening. We're shutting our mouth. Have I harmed you in any other way other than what I've mentioned? Okay. And here's what makes an amend and an amend. If you want to say sorry in an amend, I'm okay with that if you think that the other person wants to hear it. But that in and of itself is not an amend, right? It's just something that we've repeated over and over and over. Now, if you want to hear the, if you think the other person wants to hear I'm sorry, you can put it in there. Or I regret my actions, I'm okay with that. I regret my actions, I'm sorry, right? But that in and of itself is not an amend. What makes an amend an amend is what can I do to make things right between us? We just read it. It is in our literature. There's some people that say it's not. It is. We just read it. Okay? And then we shut up and we listen. Right? Now they're going to tell you how to make things right. When these are monetary amends, they're pretty straightforward. You know? Yeah, I, I owe you 500 bucks, right? And we're going to make an arrangement how I'm going to pay you back. But a lot of these ones are where, where there's been emotional damage. It's like, okay, what can I do to make things right between us? And shut up, and then you listen. Okay? Often the question comes up is, well, what if they ask something that's just so completely unreasonable and bizarre? Um, like drop dead? Drop dead, or give me a million dollars, or whatever, right? Uh, actually, drop dead's not even a bad one. I've been told that. So. <laughs> <laughs> Or go, go to hell, I think it was. Mm -hmm. But anyways. <laughs> um, but what, you might get one out of every hundred where somebody says something that's completely unreasonable. And I have, I, and I've heard that happen. When somebody's, I, I did have one um, where a person made the amend, they say, I need for you to quit AA, they're a cult, they're polluting your mind. Right? That, that That's one that came back to them. So... What I encourage anyone to say is if something does, again, 99 out of 100 times, nothing unreasonable will come back. If it does, to say, thank you for hearing me out. I'm going to have a discussion with my sponsor and get back to you. Right? Done. Okay? But again, that's literally maybe one out of every 100 is something that's unreasonable. Right? And then you do what they ask. And here's the key part is be authentic, all right? We're writing amends letters. I'm working with a protege or a sponsee. We're writing amends letters. I'm going through them, right? I'm going to scratch off anything that looks makes it look like all about them, 
you know, anything that's pointing out someone else's character defects, I'm keeping it short. But what you don't want to do is show up making amend and reading from a piece of paper and monotone, right? You know, it's all about being authentic, eye contact, sincerity, <coughs> right? Don't look like you're just doing this to save your own butt. It does say in our big book that, you know, I'm in order to keep my sobriety, in order for me to stay sober, I need to do this. I don't say that because guess who it looks like yet again? It looks like it's about you, right? You're trying to save your own butt, right? Yeah? What do you do with people that have, have a lot of anxiety with that? So what do you do if they're, they can't just, they're not forward speaking people and not confident? What the person do? making the amend or giving the amend to? The person making the amend, like what if they can't get that out, if they need that piece of paper or if they... they oh, they can, if they can't, then then you can still use the piece of paper, but I guess the big thing is be authentic, Yeah. right? Sure. I mean, if they're looking at it and they're going, I owe you an amend for, and they're trying to make out a word, right? And it's like, do you really mean what you're saying here? Oh, no, I hear you on yeah. that, but I just, I know a lot of people that I've worked with have so much anxiety with this. What holds them back is this step. I guess what I would say is ask God to go in with you beforehand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So please, God, help me remove my fear to make this amend. Just another option there is to start out with, uh, I don't want to screw this up, so I'm going to read what I've written down here. Right? So, you know, you're authentic. You don't want to make it right. So, I've seen that done. People doing speeches. So, we did do a a resentment last week where we we took Dan's stepmom who started with an eight, right? And then we looked at her as being sick as opposed to evil. That eight went down to about a four. And then Dan looked at his fourth column where his mistakes were. And then that four went to about a two. Now, he did write an amends letter last night. Um, I didn't tweak it at all. I, I looked through it and I'm, I'm okay with it. Do you want to read it for everybody? Sure. Or maybe say aloud, there's a few people online. Okay, my stepmother's name's Karen. So, Karen, as you know, I am a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm working this, the 12 steps again. It is essential that we try to clean up the wreckage and the harms I have done to people. Sorry, it is essential that I clean up the wreckage of my past and the harms I have done to people. I have wronged you by asking Dad for money and manipulating you both by playing on your guilt and feelings. I've been selfish, dishonest, manipulative. Is there anything in addition to what I've mentioned? How can I make this right by you? Yeah, exactly. Now, there's going to be some dialogue in there, right? Yeah. That's the body of it, right? But again, you're going to state how you harm them, state the character defects at play. Have I harmed you in any other way? And then you listen, and then you ask what you can do to make things right. And then you listen, right? So, question. So, if she mentions something uh, in addition that has harmed her, mm-hmm. and it, you don't agree, or you don't remember, or like it's just something that, yeah, you don't, um, like you just have to take it for, for face value for what she's saying. So, in this area is, is we're here to own our side, right? Yeah. 
and take the, it's and what it says is take the bit in the teeth and, and we listen right. right now if something starts going a little bit sideways uh just like thank you for hearing me out right i've already established that this is a sick person too yeah, yeah. right so anything that comes out of her mouth i have to take it face value maybe i don't remember maybe i don't believe in it but yeah right. I'm, zipping it and just taking my part entirely. Right? So it's yep. just her opportunity to spiel. Right. Yep. And then we ask, what can I do to make things right between us? Right. Now often, you know, here's the deal. The other person, this is where I hate the, like, well, I hate, I do not like the, <laughs> the, the term my part. Because let's say for example, the other person has 80% to do with the conflict and I only have 20% to do with it, mm-hmm. right? I'm already going to go in there abrasive, defensive, <coughs> right? I'm there to own that 20%. I'm there to own 100% of my 20 and disregard that 80 completely. So I'm not going to say, well, you did this, right? And you did that. And that's why I did that. And again, that's, we <coughs> zip it, we listen, we thank them. And we're done. I don't want to justify my behaviors. Yeah. Right. So, and again, what I really want to stress is I don't want to blanket. This is how an amend goes when this situation happens. The devil is always, always in the detail. Have a good, strong discussion with your sponsor. (laughs) Have a sponsor that has a sponsor. Experience. Again, I am totally cool with somebody getting out there and sponsoring with one month sobriety, provided they've got some strong support. I'm a big advocate of co-sponsoring. We're going to really hit this hard on session four. Session four is going to be 10, 11, and 12. We're going to spend a lot of time on working with others, the importance of having some some experience within your lineage, the idea of co-sponsoring people, right? But I'm, I'm totally cool if somebody gets through the work in one month, two months, and they're ready to go sponsor, go for it. Again, our founders, nine and 14 days, they were, they were doing it. That's what kept them sober, right? None of this wait one year stuff that you often hear, right? Big, big advocate of that kind of stuff. But again, it's, it's the, you know, you'll hear it. It's like, what happens if this happens? What do we do when that happens? Yeah. Like it's, 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 it's difficult with the amount of time that we have here today. There's some general rules of thumb. Yeah. Yeah. But again, you know, if, if please lean on your sponsor and I hope your sponsor has a sponsor, right? Quentin, you had a question? I was just going to say, if the person you're making amends to, if they try to interrupt you and say, oh, well, I had my part, do you stop them and say, wait a minute, this is only about how I harm you? No, you let them talk. Okay. Yeah, we're there to listen one way or the other. And that'll often happen. It's like, hey, you know what? And, and, and at the end of the day, and, it, and the book talks about that, the other person will often bring up their wrongs, but we don't bring them up, right? And we'll listen to it and, you know, yeah, we thank them and, and we carry on, right? Yep. So they said... So sometimes they use it as a vent thing too, like they mm-hmm. really want to vent at you. Mm-hmm. So you just got to let them go through that. Yeah, too. yeah, take it. So... Right now. <laughs> <laughs> My ex-wife vented for five minutes in the car. Five's not bad. Not yeah. Bad. Yeah. She's loud. <laughs> <laughs> she's loud. 
so I, uh, <coughs> what my own experience with my dad tried making amends to him, he didn't want to hear any of it. Mm -hmm. So I had to respect that to say, okay. And uh, a little so, better later, but yeah. And, and actually, that's good. I, I want to touch on that. Is we never blindside anybody. Okay, we don't show up at their doorstep. I'm like here to make an amend. You know, we we always want to contact them again. A lot of this we're cherry picking, so we're not able to get through everything here today. Right? We don't blindside anybody. We send them a message. Or have somebody send them a message if we're on shaky ground with them, a third party, and it's like, hey, I owe you an amend. Would you be willing to have a discussion with me? And if their answer is absolutely not, you shelve it. Doesn't mean we don't make it. Again, my sponsor was 14 years sober before his ex-wife was willing to listen to him. And he tried all along. Every couple of years, he would try again. Hey. You know, how about now, right? No, no. Okay, 14 years sober. She's like, okay, you got five minutes, right? Which turned into a much longer period. So, but we don't blindside anybody. We make arrangements. And sometimes, and here's what I often hear. They don't want to hear from me. How do you know? Did you ask? Or did you have somebody ask on Because the, sometimes there, there's a lot of tension between people. Use a third party. Right? All of a sudden it's like, go to someone else. Hey, Mark wants to make an amend to you. He's quite certain you don't want to hear from him direct. Would you be willing to, would you be willing to hear him out? And again, I'll make use of a third party. That third party will come back to me. They're like, they're going to give you five minutes, but phone only. Right? I don't get to choose. I'd prefer to make it direct. They're like, they don't want to see you in person. You got five minutes on the phone. Make it good. Okay. That's what I do. Right? It's about the other person not me and the big rule of thumb is I don't get to save my own butt at the expense of someone else right I'll use an example and it's it's there's it was years ago now there was a guy that I was sponsoring it was at a noon meeting he has he hasn't had the discussion with me he shares it with the entire group he's like yeah I woke up this morning and I remembered waking up naked with my uncle's girlfriend years ago I'm not sure if we did anything together but I'm gonna go make this amend right after the meeting I'm like, you're, you're, you're what, <laughs> right? You're going to what? It's like, are, are they happy? Are they, you know, are they getting along? Are they married? How long ago did this happen? I'm like, you don't get to go there and save your own butt at the expense of their marriage. No, you leave them alone, <laughs> right? So, yeah. Do you have any advice on making amends to those that have passed on? Yeah, good question. Thanks for that. And it does actually, it's in our literature here too. Right? For those that have passed on to the other side, we can make those amends. Um, write a letter. Uh, and burn it? <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you, yeah, that's your fourth step you went and burned. So, no, write a letter and find somewhere special that's special to that person, that's special to you. Maybe it's out in nature, maybe it's at a special pond, maybe it's at the gravesite. Ask God for some direction on that. Write a letter and then go read it. Go read it at the gravesite. Go read it at the, at the pond. Go read again. Never ever underestimate the power of of making amend to somebody that's passed on. It absolutely can happen. Awesome question. Um, any other questions? Those that you can't contact. Or, yeah. Sure. 
Great question. Um, and again, the <laughs> devil's in the details, okay? But here's what I do, and here's what was done to me. Um, say, for example, you've done some harm to somebody or a group of people that you have no idea who they are. They're long gone, yeah. no idea who they are, uh, uh, no idea of even what their name is. You owe something back to the universe. Okay, and my sponsors had me do this before. You owe something back to the universe. You need to make things right with the universe. Our 12-step work is what we do. That doesn't count. But maybe I go make a donation to the women's shelter. Maybe I do something to give something back into the stream of life. Okay? There's a way of making things, there's a, a way of making every amend. What about a large number of <laughs> the devil's in the details. I want to be very careful here, okay? Um, if you know who the people are, <laughs> right? You know? So it depends on the person. <laughs> well, and, and go back to that sex inventory. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You go with, yeah. The one night stand is were they two consensual adults having a good time? And then what's the harm? Now, was there dishonesty there? Was there harm there? Was, did you lead the person on thinking there was going to be a relationship, right? Those are the things that you're making amends for. Just because you had a one night stand does not, does not mean you own a man. Again, that kind of going back to our, our four or five, the, the sex inventory sometimes has very little to do with sex. It's just basically inappropriate behavior. You know? and, and often, if you have no idea who those people are, again, maybe putting that out into the stream of life is I go out of my way to treat the opposite sex with respect. Okay? Or go out of my way not to put myself in a position where that'll happen again. One thing I have come across is with the financial amends, mm -hmm. quite often they think I owe triple what I think. <laughs> what do you do there? Uh, again, <laughs> the devil's in the details. If you owe somebody $500 and it's been a lot of years, you don't, you owe more than 500, yeah. right? Uh, what I, what I do suggest is, and what the book says is we negotiate the best deal, right? We, we, it says that, you know, we try to work out the best deal possible. I owe $500 to somebody been a lot of years ago. I'll tack on some interest. I can't pay him the entire amount right now. Hey. Will will thirty dollars a month for the ex in the next so many months work for you? You work out the deal with them, right? Again, it's it's really hard to blanket. You do this when this happens, right? Um, sponsorship, sponsorship, sponsorship is is very very important here, right? Some experience within your lineage, and here's what I can tell you though about amends or unmade amends. The longer that you wait, the less likely you're going to do it. Here's another, some experience around amends and these character defects, all right? If you find that character defects are lingering on into sobriety, whether it has to do with dishonesty or judgmental or lust or whatever it might be, what I, and this isn't in our literature, but this is my experience, 
is often there's unmade amends in that same arena. If you're still struggling with lust, you probably have unmade amends on your sex inventory. That's been my experience. Yeah, well said. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. My, my first real sponsor, one of the, another guy he had sponsored for a while, we were discussing the whole men's thing, and he had said that uh, it, it was based on our book talks about if we've got a family and we're taking care of family and we, there's jail time that needs to be done. He had that discussion and, and he would have harmed the people in his life, but what it was actually doing was it was affecting his sobriety, so um, he made a decision that um, if he had to do jail time, he would. And it was a string of robberies, and they he'd done a bunch of BNEs on a on a block, um, and that that in and amongst those people, one couple actually had a family member, like a son or a daughter, I think it was, that was struggling, and they'd actually thought that she was the one stealing all the jewelry um, when he'd done the BNE. So, like he says, you never know what's going to happen when you make these amends. They'd always blame their their son or daughter for the missing jewelry, and it actually wasn't them. And that had been years before, like years ago, he'd done this B and E, and they'd never talked to that that like the son or daughter after that. So, um, the amends this guy made had like major changes. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, you don't know. And again, this is this whole idea of trusting in God or trusting in a higher power, yeah. right? And willing to go do what you need to do. Uh, we have a a guy within our own home group, right? He's you know major crimes right but he went and made those amends when his kids when his kid turned 18 right not made amends he went and turned himself in right to the police so you know for some of these major crimes that he did because he he was done raising and paying for again that's what that's what he worked out with his sponsor i'm not saying that's the right way the wrong way that's what they decided on right um i do want to we're getting close to to time here I do want to touch on the the uh, ninth step promises. Okay, you'll often hear them called the promises. Aren't you want to read those? <clears throat> the painstaking about the stage of our development will be amazed before we are halfway through. We're going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend <clears throat> we will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if you work for them. Awesome. So those are the ninth step promises. You'll often refer to as the promises. They aren't the promises. They're the ninth step promises. There's promises throughout this entire big book. And here's the cool part is there will be amazed even before we're halfway through. Well, what do you think is going to happen when you're all the way through? Right? Yeah. I mean, if you're amazed halfway, you know. So here's the big thing in the step eight. It says the word all. If, again, you're struggling in sobriety, I'm going to visit these kind of things. Do you have unmade amends? You know? Do you, do you need to write some inventory? Question about amends. What do, we, what do you do about restraining orders? 
<laughs> Good question. So you respect this restraining order, <laughs> right? So absolutely respect, respect the, strain, the restraining order. So, and um, have a chat with your sponsor, you know, uh, I would say maybe a third party in a, in a case like that. It's like, hey, so-and-so wants to talk to you, uh, willing to make an amendment. First of all, you want to make sure the restraining order is, is done. Yeah. You know, okay. um, maybe use a third party and say, you know, so-and-so wants to speak with you. Are you willing to speak with him? Right. FaceTime, you know, with that. FaceTime, phone call, right? Yeah. yeah. But here's the key. If that person does not want to see you, <coughs> You respect those wishes, right? You might try again a year or two down the road. Sometimes, honestly, people want to see a little bit of sobriety time before they're even going to buy into some of this stuff, right? Especially some of the family. Yeah, yeah. So, but again, what I can really try to stress here is the longer that you wait to make an amend, the less likely you're going to make that amend. It reminds us, keep saying, remember when you agreed? Remember when you agreed to go to any lengths? It keeps reminding you here because they know you're starting to feel better here. Right? And that you're less likely to go make these things. Any challenges around making amends is what, what, ste- what problem step is that? One. one. Any, any problem with any step is a step one problem. Right? So you believe that you're not, you're no longer suffering from a fatal progressive and chronic illness. Yeah, it could be, but I mean, <laughs> if you're, if you truly believe you're dying, then you probably would have done step six, you know, with a level of honesty and humility, right? So, um, <coughs> any other questions? Okay, I think we'll, we'll... You you mentioned before something about falling on your sword. Yep. So just expand on that a little bit more. How do you how do you make sure you're not falling on your sword? Well, what I've said is I'm <clears throat> I'm not always a believer of falling on the sword, which basically means that I'm not going to go make myself a martyr and say um, I'm going to go turn myself in for doing this or that or whatever. I need to make sure. I see if other people are involved, right? And I'm also, which doesn't mean, you know, again, the devil's always, always, always in the details, right? But I'm not going to, you know, go fall on the sword when there's a whole bunch of other people that are being affected, right? So am I going to go do something and not be able to provide for my kid? Don't know, right? You know, that's kind of what I meant when I say that. So you mean martyrism? Like you're not going to be a martyr. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So take really take into consideration here, other people. Don't do this stuff on your own. Run it by your sponsor. Make sure your sponsor has a sponsor. Right? How can you do this on your own? Well, you, people have tried. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, totally, I totally tried. Yeah. And you, you, yeah, you're going to make some messes. You know, you show up and people don't want to see you and you're going to like approach them when they don't want to be approached and, you know, you're going to blindside them. doing step nine before it was done free. Sure, yeah, I go make an amend, right? So what is this whole thing doing for us? What was our dilemma? Lack of what? Right? All of this is opening up the channel, 
between you and God, you and your higher power, so that you can indeed become a recovered alcoholic. The obsession will be removed. You can walk around earth a free person. They'll start talking about this in the 10th step promises, which are my personally, my favorite promises, the 10th step promises. We'll get into that in the next session where we can walk around earth safe and protected, right? The problem's been removed. But this whole thing is about access to power, right? The word powerlessness is only used once in our big book, and it's used in the past tense. We were powerless. 80 times it uses the word power over and over and over and over, right? You'll hear, I'm powerless over people, places, and things. No, I'm not powerless over people, places, and things. I don't have control over people, places, and things, but I get to choose who and what is in my life, right? Power, 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 right? It's right through this whole book, right? And again, this is about taking actions which gives me access to power, right? All of this works very, very, very well. We do in the steps in order for a reason. And this is all about getting access to power. And do, does any of us do this perfectly? Absolutely not. What it does ask us to do, and I'll make reference to the 12 and 12 here, but the only step that we need to really do perfectly is step one. You need to know what you're suffering from. The rest of us, the rest of it, right? We, we try, right? You know, I, I don't do this perfectly by any means. Anyone that says they do it perfectly, you know what? I've been around some speakers. They'll they'll have this grandiose share in a meeting. It'll bring a tear to your eye, and they'll get 50 yards away from the meeting, and they're a complete idiot, right? Nobody does this perfectly. Trust me, right? But the only part that you really need to know what you are and what you suffer from. I think that's it for today. Thanks. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mark. I want to add to that about 